Memphis, 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 what up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and today we have a special interview with John Martin of 92.9 ESPN. Uh, we get into a lot of info about the Grizzlies as well as the Tigers. The Grizzlies are now 43-20. and 20. They're just a half game back of Golden State, which is amazing. They could actually take over the two spot in the West as soon as tomorrow, which is still just mind-boggling and mind-blowing to me that the Grizzlies could be the second overall team in the entire league. The second best record. Still amazing. They are still three and a half games up on Utah, which is in uh, third, uh, which is in fourth place right now. And there's 19 games remaining. So very important stretch that we're heading into with the Grizzlies because these are important games. But the next 10 games, they only play one team with a winning record. And that game is tonight against the Boston Celtics. So make sure you go check that out because the Grizzlies are playing. And so it's going to be a good game. It's on TNT. They flexed it in. And so you know that a lot of people's eyeballs are going to be on these Grizzlies. And they're they're watching. They're, some people might have not seen or they might not have been shown enough from Ja to actually say he's the real deal. But now that Colin Cowherd kind of said some honest things that were were probably, I guess, just do a little bit, but they're also a little trolly too. And you know what Ja does? He took to Twitter and just said, thanks, Colin, because exactly that's going to motivate him. But the Grizzlies are a three-point favorite in Boston tomorrow night, which is still crazy that they're going into Boston and they're still a favorite. The game is at 6.30 on TNT, like I said, and because it's flexed in, you know there's going to be a lot of people watching it. There's going to be a lot of big to-do surrounding Ja, so I hope this is a game that really Ja shows up as well as the rest of the team. I would love to see them have another coming-out party just ahead of a, of a chance to go ahead and rest against these other teams because the Grizzlies, like I said earlier, have a very easier easier schedule coming up. Saturday, they play the Magic at home, and then they go on their you know double-double, and they play the Rockets in Houston. So it is a back-to-back with travel, but they're back at home against the Magic on Saturday which is a night game, which is good. And then Sunday, it's another night game, and there's not really, there's a full 24 hours, which is always a good thing. So those are very important games as well. But having the Grizzlies show out on the big stage, it's always going to be the thing I want them to do the most. But let's go ahead and get into the interview. A lot of it is just uh, me and John just kind of talking back and forth. I asked him his earliest memory of the Grizzlies and kind of where his fandom started. Maybe the most important player outside of Jaw on this Grizzlies team. What what Jaw brings to the city of Memphis and his effect, 
as well as the Tigers. We get into the Tigers a little bit and kind of what's changed for them. They're heading the right direction toward the, the tournament, and they should be a legit contender in this tournament. If they get in, they will be a team that you do not want to play. And so I expect them to get in, and I expect them to make some noise. So we go down and ask them some uh, rapid-fire questions to end, and a lot of it is the Memphis Tigers base. Let's go ahead and get into the interview that is now. Enjoy. All right, today we have the host of the Jason and John Show, Monday through Friday, 11 to 2 p.m. on the 92.9 ESPN Radio Network. He is everyone's favorite hater, but most importantly, he's Riley's daddy. What's up, John? What's up, man? Yeah, I, I like that. Everybody's favorite hater. I kind of, I kind of, I guess I've embraced that over the years. It's amazing. Uh, John, you, you've kind of made a turn. Um, and I don't know if you know this or not. I was not a fan of yours, uh, just being very, very honest when you first yeah. came on the radio. And I think a lot of people held against you, uh-huh. Chris Vernon leaving, uh-huh. y'all taking his spot. And then the brashness of John Martin coming on, I think it rubbed people wrong. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I think, you know, first and foremost, like, you know, people just don't like change, right. you know? Um, yeah. I mean, it's been what, six years now, you know? Wait a minute. Um, so I think, you know, look, everybody, um, and I haven't talked a lot about it. Right. Like, cause it really just doesn't, it doesn't really matter that much. Like right. everybody all kind of made a, a decision and, and uh, I'm not super interested in, you know, re-adjudicating that, but, I'd like, I'd like to think it worked out for everybody involved in the situation. Um, and, but, but, but regardless of that, uh, you know, I do think people just don't like change. Like I, and I've, I've, I've used this example before, but like, you know, my my neighborhood gas station, right. Like out of the convenience store, like I'll go to the convenience store and, you know, I get used to the people there. I get used to the people who are working there and I'm, you know, I get friendly with them. Well, then one day, like, they sell the gas station and I'm like, what the hell? Like, I don't know these people. I don't, I don't have, I don't have, you know, a relationship with these people. Um, and that's just going to the convenience. So I get that. And I, you know, I know I always, I always understood that and I always knew that coming into it, it was going to be, um, you know, it, it, I was going to get a lot of that toxicity and, and, yeah. and I did, but it faded pretty quickly. Like, I, I think people just kind of moved on with their lives. And, uh, and I think for the most part, people, once they gave us a chance, like they, they like kind of the balance of, of, of Jason and myself and just the, you know, the difference of the show. Um, and, um, and, and, and yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm a, very, I'm a very trumped up version of myself on the show. Right. Like, and a lot of people don't, <laughs> I mean, it's me, you, you know what I mean? Like it's who I am. Turned up a little also, bit. Oh, a lot really, to be <laughs> honest, it, it, but, it, but that's show business, right? Like right. that's kind of, I was just like, you know, whatever, whatever, it, you know, who knows? It, it, it wouldn't be as entertaining. I'd like to think so. While I understand, uh, you know, people having extreme opinions about me, um, understand that you're getting a very extreme version of me, you know? Right. Um, and, and um, you know, I, I think most reasonable people understand that it's like a show. And sometimes like I just genuinely, for example, say things to get a rise out of Jason. Um yeah. But, you know, there are always going to be some people that 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 think they know me by because they because they listen to me every day 
and and just assume that I'm just this giant POS, yeah, uh, this giant a hole. But I promise you, I'm not. I'm a I'm a Memphian. I'm a dad. Um, you know, I, I, I like to you know uh, think that I'm a kind person with a good heart. You know, um, I, I came from very little as a as a young man. Um, you know, and and I've had to fight you know a lot for the things that I've got in this life. Uh, which is no different than a lot of Memphians, right? Right. Um, but but uh, what you hear on the radio, it's me, <laughs> but it's a very much, you know, accentuated version of me, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And, and obviously, Memphis should understand, right? We're a wrestling city. That's uh-huh. exactly what it is. It's it's really, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's a, he's a nice guy, but he's the Texas rattlesnake. Just turn him up a lot, and he becomes this, uh, this SOB that nobody likes. So, we get it, but uh, I will have to say, I listen now to y'all show on a pre- pretty regular basis for the simple fact that I think that y'all found your niche and you you kind of found your way into Memphis Tigers, which is you know everybody bleeds blue in this city, yep. um, and so I think that y'all have done such a good job of finding your niche. The relationship that you and Jason have are is amazing. Uh, Jason is uh, one of the you know, one of the best dudes as well on the radio, so. Uh, I got to give you your props because uh, when you first came on, I know there was a lot of hate, a lot of toxic toxicity uh, towards you, but uh, y'all turned it around uh, just as like these Grizzlies have turned it around. So uh, props to you, man. Well, I appreciate that. And, and um, yeah, I mean, look, we definitely, you know, we came in sort of, you know, cause we, that our experience was tigers, right? Like right. I, I'd covered, uh, you know, recruiting for the tie, you know, uh, Jason was the beat writer. So when we came in, you know, we really kind of felt like that's the area where we could sort of like be the experts. You know what yep. I mean? Um, that being said, I mean, look, I'm not naive about this. Uh, if, first of all, the, these Memphis Grizzlies are <laughs> ridiculously easy to love, you know? Right. Um, you know, I, I always sort of like, when it comes to the grit and grind era, right? We love we loved those teams for what they were and what they did and what they represented, but like it was just different, you know. It was it was yeah. They were iconoclasts, right? Yeah. Um, they were, you know, fighting against this sort of movement in the NBA to finesse and three point shooting and skill, right? They were they were just the tough SOBs that were going to just bully you on the block and. You know, they won a lot of games, so it was a lot easier to appreciate that. But, you know, these these Grizzlies, they do what they do modern basketball better than almost everybody else in the league. You know, I mean, they have the transcendent superstar. They have the shooting. They have the skill there with Steven Adams and and Jaron in the post. They have the the depth. So, you know, these these Grizzlies, man, um, they are. And we're not used to this, right? Like we're not used <laughs> not to at all. being the class of, of of something. But they they do they play NBA basketball the way like I mean it's championship caliber basketball, and they do it you know uh, as good or better than anybody else. So yeah, I mean I you, you just as, as much as we sort of do um, you know talk about the Tigers and, and lean on the Tigers, you know these Grizzlies are uh, they're really easy to love too, and and it's certainly you can just sort of feel. I don't necessarily think there has to be a, a, a pitting of the, of the two, right? Like I yeah. definitely feel like both can thrive and have in the past. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, 
you know, I mean, it's, there's room enough in this city for both. And there always has been. No, for sure. And that's, you know, and they're easy to love. Uh, it's just like, almost like T Morant is our crazy uncle that everybody yep. loves. And that's what he comes off as. And it's just jaws, our cousin who, you know, you want to hang out with any chance you get. So that is exactly what this team is. Um, what's your, uh, first memory of being a Grizzlies fan back in the day? Um, Jay will, uh, mm. Powell, Mike, um, uh, you know, those, those teams, um, like I remember just weirdly, like I didn't like, again, like I was trying to like, my mom didn't like take me to Grizz games, you know, yeah. like I know, I know so many, um, so many Memphians, like their parents, you know, they took them, you know, um, uh, you know, I didn't really, I mean, I, I watched on TV. That's, that's kind of yeah. how, you know, I got to know him. Um, but I remember just this, this weird, like, this is it, like James Posey hit like a 50 footer, like <laughs> at, 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 at the halftime buzzer or something. You know, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yes. That was, man, that was in the pyramid, right? I, I, I got to believe that. I got to believe it was in the pyramid. Yeah. But like, that, like, I was like, oh my God, man, you know, that was fun. That was cool, man. Yeah. And then like, you know, Jay will right Jay will and just the 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 flavor right the just the style I would like I would <laughs> and I, I love thinking about this because it was like you know it's the purest time in your life you know yeah like I would watch as an 11 12 year old I'd watch Jay will with in, in my hometown these Grizzlies you know do off the elbow passes you know in transition um, I would go outside like between quarter breaks at halftime and just pretend that I was Jay Will and, and my front yard basketball goal, you know, and, and uh, I would be at the free throw line and I would, you know, it, it was just, you know, that's what the NBA team in Memphis allowed you to do. Like, man, we have this and, you know, it just, it just allowed you to use your imagination in that way. So like, yeah, those are my earliest memories of, are, are just those guys, not necessarily one game or, you know, one thing, but just that, that team and, I know they didn't win anything, right, in the grand right. scheme of things, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I love them. I, yeah. I love I love those scrappy bastards. I certainly did. <laughs> well, the, the memory I have is just literally it's like the $5 Sonic saver seats, whatever they were. Yeah. Um, that's where I sat. Wherever it smelled like socks and Fritos is the only thing I there can remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, and again, like I said, terrace-level seats are going for like, a hundred dollars a pop now, you know, it's kind of, hard to leave, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it used to be like ridiculously cheap to get into a Grizz yeah. game. That was nuts. Uh, so on this team this year, who is the, the, I guess the second fiddle to jaw as, as kind of the biggest impact player that you've seen this year, because obviously everybody knows jaw, but yep. there's so many people that are contributing. Is there a number two, like a true number two on this team? Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be Desmond Bain, right? Um, wow. He has just—he has just been so consistent as a shot maker. Um, you know, not—he's not just a three. I mean, he scores from pretty much all over the floor. You know, he's not just a—you know—a right. specialist out there. I mean, he—he he really can score from pretty much any spot on the court. Um, so yeah, I think it has to be Desmond Bain in the way that he's just—you know—especially in the absence of Dylan, right? Like that guy has. Yeah really taking his game to another level to the point to where you're like, you, you just said, okay, John, Jaron, like it's John, Jaron. I mean, it could be, you know, Ja, Desmond and Jaron. Um, yeah. And you could really have a, a, a core there, you know, that, that could stay together and hell win titles. I mean, I yeah. just, I don't think, 
I don't think any dream at this point is too big for these Grizzlies. But, yeah, I mean, I think Desmond is a second-year guy. We saw it last year as a rookie, right? Yeah. But I think it's a second-year guy coming in and just shooting 44% from three. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's cr- I mean, he's near the top of the league. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's got to be him. And I would give him the edge over a guy like, for example, Jaron, because, like, sometimes I don't really know what I'm getting from Jaron, you know? Yeah. Um, there's, there's still some – inconsistency there I, I mean Desmond may or may not have an off night but you know he's a bucket getter um and I think that's been huge for them yeah that's the crazy thing is you could honestly say Stephen Adams in that group if you really sure. wanted to sure. um which is which is the, it's just crazy to think that there's so many contributors on that level but um the last question I have on the Grizzlies is what's the effect um, that jaw has had on the city of Memphis like we we bleed for our guys like, mm-hmm. what is he actually doing for this city that maybe people outside of the city don't actually realize? Well, I mean, he's just he's popularized the city and he's made it, you know, he's and we'll see exactly what it translates to. But, you know, I feel like he has just sort of made the Mem- the city of Memphis mainstream. Um, and again, that's not something that we're accustomed to, you know. <laughs> We're, 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 we're supposed to be, you know, <laughs> you know, we're the, we're the, you know, we're the town nobody wants to go to. We're yeah. the town nobody wants to play in, you know, we're the worst road trip uh, on the schedule, right? Yeah. Nothing to do there. But Ja has just made it flashy. You know what I mean? Like Ja has turned the city of Memphis into a, I don't want to say a destination because there's, we don't, we have to see that, right? Like we have to see that bear itself out in free agency. Like, is, is this going to be a place now that guys want to come to and play? We shall see. But, but I do think when you think about his Nike spot, right? Like he did that in Memphis and he is not afraid to, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't try to separate church and state. If that makes sense. Like he's, when he does his, his spots, it's Memphis. When he goes in on, on these national hits, it's Memphis. Um, and he really raps. And so I think he just, you know, he, he keeps Memphis top of mind, um, you know, for, uh, you know, for the majority of, of, of people. Um, and I think that's, that's been one of the bigger impacts for sure. Yeah. I think he's made Memphis cool again. And I think that's really, you know, I think everything does that job does is cool. So I think that's really what he's turning on in this team. And, We'll get into the Tigers now because they're on fire. They're playing so much better. Um, what's changed in the last 10 games or 10-ish games uh, for the Tigers to actually make this big turn to where they weren't going to be a tournament team and now they're they're sniffing it? Is it and is it just Imani Bates? Well, I think there's a, you know, there's a symptom, right? Um, there's a there's a symptom when it comes to, you know. And, and we sort of talked about it, but when 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 he was brought in, I think Penny sort of understood, hey, I've got veterans, I've got all AAC type guys, um, but I need a point guard. And Amani's talented, like he's a future NBA player. I can make him a point guard. Right. I can't. I don't want to crowd my wing, you know. Um, but you know, at at, at the same time. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's a deal where you take him out of the rotation. That's 25 minutes a game. It didn't work at point guard. Um, it just it just saw it simplifies things for everybody. And I think that's 
that's been the difference, um, you know, with this team is they, 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 every, everything is just much more simple now in a way that it was not 10 games ago. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes I, I want to say it was y'all show that said this, if not, it might've been another show that was on uh, ESPN, but uh, they were saying that a lot of times what these NBA owners or even the GMs will do is they'll go get rid of a player that the coach cannot stop playing. And, right. and that's exactly yeah. kind of what happened is you got rid of the, the guy left that was really the coach's, you know, kind of kryptonite and he could not stop playing them. And, and at this point, it has simplified things. And I think well, it's, look, I, I, I think really, I think Penny felt, you know, in the recruiting process, you probably, you probably make promises, right? Yeah. You probably tell the parents, um, you know, dad, Hey, he's going to do this, this, and this, right. He's going to, he's, we're going to, he's going to come to Memphis and, you know, he's going to play point guard. We're going to get him ready. And he's going to, you know, be the best 17 year old you've ever seen, you know? And so you feel a certain level of obligation um, to force it when, you know, in a perfect world, right, he would have just come in and, you know, been a six, eight, friggin' awesome point guard, right? And he yeah. would be averaging seven assists a game, and he'd be up for the Bob Cousy Award, and, you know, it'd be going swimmingly. But he's not – I mean, if you watch him play, he's just physically not ready, you know? He's 17, dude. Yeah. When, I was, when I was 17, like, <laughs> I, I wasn't ready for anything. I couldn't even – like, I, I, if I showed up to class on time, it was an accomplishment. So – you know, I think too much got asked of him too early. Um, he wasn't a point guard, you know. It's one of those things where it's like Penny just had this sort of ego with it, yeah. which I understand. But he was just kind of like, I can make him whatever I want him to be, you know. I'm an artist. Picasso. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is a, you know, a blank canvas. And I'm going to paint the most beautiful picture with Amani as my paintbrush, right? But the paintbrush, ain't, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, not you know it's it's not very good right i mean the paintbrush isn't very dependable um and that's not the paintbrush's fault um you got to put the paintbrush in the right spot you got to use the right way um with landers and lester and and all the guys that you had coming back from last year i just don't think it it was well i mean look if you'd have told me from the beginning hey the only way that uh you know am i gonna play is on the wing i'd say don't 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 do it don't risk it it's not worth the risk because yeah. you, you're going to rock the boat. Um, and that is what happened early in the season. And I think because Penny was just trying to, um, you know, fulfill promises made, it was hurting. It was coming at the expense of the team. And, you know, once it became clear that it wasn't working, well, here's your off ramp, uh, you know, biomechanical back issue. And that's all she wrote. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's a yeah, that's a great great comment on that one. Um, are they attorney team? Yeah, I mean this version is uh, this version is this version is what we believe they would be. Um, right. You know, people people accuse us of like hyping the team when, in fact, I think we look smart because we we you know if you'd have told us that the rotation is going to be twelve people and you know they're gonna they're gonna still turn the ball over and all these things that have plagued Memphis for so many years under Penny, if those things were going to be present still, yeah, we would have said, yeah, it's going to be tough. But you shorten the rotation, you define roles. These are all very basic things. Um, this team can spread its wings. Um, and I think that's what's happened. 
Um, you know, Landers is, a, again, a guy that he knows he's a, he can go get a bucket now. He's going to play 25 minutes a game. Jalen Duren's playing 28 minutes a game. DeAndre Williams is playing 28 minutes. Like, your best players are playing the most minutes. Very simple, very rudimentary, but that was not happening in the meat of the season, you know. Um, so, yeah, they're a tournament team. Um, I think they're going to win out uh, the rest of the way, uh, at least in the regular season. And, you know, then we'll see what happens in the conference tournament. But, yeah, I, I think – I don't think it's an accident. You know, I don't think it's an accident that the Grizzlies are playing this well – or excuse me, that the Tigers are playing this well because, you know, their best players are getting the most minutes. So, this was sort of the way we always thought it would go. You know, it just unfortunately took a couple – mystifying losses and rotations and lineups and, and mysterious injuries to get here. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Both teams are playing so well and the Tigers, it, it seems like they're finally turning things around at the right time. Uh, we got John Martin here with 929 ESPN. We have some rapid fire questions and we'll get you out of here. Five yeah. simple questions. Give me what you got. Uh, yep. The highest seed that you could see the Tigers actually getting. Uh, nine. Okay. What's the lowest seed and not, out of the tournament, but what's the lowest seed you think they would be put in? Well, okay. Um, acceptable season for the Tigers if they make the tourney but lose in the first round. Acceptable, um, <laughs> begrudgingly acceptable. Yes. Wow. Does that help him in the off season for recruiting, or do you think that actually hurts him? No, it definitely helps because okay. you get to you get to say we ended the drought. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, these are the last two for the Grizzlies. Uh, the Grizzlies enter the playoffs. The reason that they lose either in the first or second round, what is the reason? Uh, the reason will be their front court. Okay. Do you think Dylan is very much needed, or do you think he's a guy that you could possibly move on from in the offseason if it doesn't work out this year? Uh, I think you have to move on from him. Okay. That was a bonus question. <laughs> I think I think yeah. I mean, because who else who else would you package? You right, know? I agree. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like he's just he's older. He's got the, he, his money's going to match up. He can he can actually help somebody, right? Yeah. I I'm you're going to have to pride Desmond Bain and his rookie scale contract for my cold dead hands. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just the way that is. I agree. The, uh, the other guys I have on here usually uh, are big Dylan Brooks fans. And so I, I'm glad I asked that question on the whim. But this is the last one. Um, two of the three can happen, but tell me which one you don't think will happen in the next five years. The Grizzlies win a championship. Ja is an MVP of the league. Or the Grizzlies sign a max free agent. Wow. So you're telling me to pick two that will happen and one that won't? Yeah. Uh, I will go with Max Free Agent does not include someone currently on the team, correct? Correct. So, yeah, that's going to be the one that doesn't happen. They're not going to sign Max Free Agent. Um, Because I don't think they they feel like they have to. Um, That's true, yeah. I think they feel like they've got a really good, um, you know, group and unit and Obviously, Ja's going to get the super max. So I don't really even know. I mean, you're going to have to pay Desmond Bain, you know? I mean, yeah. is he a max guy? Time I mean, will tell. I don't know. He kind of feels like a max guy, doesn't he? He's heading that direction, but, you know, he's going through a drought now. So 
Hopefully right. he's the guy who is your third guy. But right now we don't know, you know, what Jaron, Jaron's so inconsistent. We don't know if he's going to be right. uh, really the second guy in the end. So, yeah, um, I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't think that's how the Grizzlies are going to do. I mean, they've only, they've only signed one max free agent in the history of the franchise. Right. And that was a complete disaster. <laughs> so I don't, I just don't think that's, that's just not how, you know, that's just not how the Grizzlies operate. You know, they're going to play, they're going to play small ball, right? They're going to, you know, do a lot of transactional trades and they're going to, you know, make shrewd moves as, as it relates to the salary. And they're going to stack up these draft picks, you know? I mean, I, I, I could see him like, I could see him cashing those in and going for a guy that's on a max deal for like a year or something, you know? Yeah. Um, to just try to like really win a title or, you know what I mean? Like just take a shot at it. Going all but in. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't see, I don't see them signing a guy to, you know, five year max and free agency. I don't, I don't think that happens. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I was having a hard time figuring out what is another question because I didn't want to make you choose between Ja MVP and championship. I thought that was yeah, kind of I mean, I mean. I think I think I think both of those things very well could happen in the next yeah. five years. Though. Like I, you know, I mean, why not? I mean, yeah. it, it, it's happened so fast. Like it, like if you'd ask me, like if you'd ask me these questions in August of last year, I'd be like, man, shut the hell up. <laughs> None get, of the get, above. I mean, get, get real, right? Get <laughs> right. real, but. You know, maybe not so much Ja, right? I mean, I think we all kind of, yeah. you know, from from the very minute that uh, Ja, I remember lottery night. Um, I was fired up about it then. Like I tweeted, you can find this. I just tweeted in all caps. Welcome to Memphis, Ja Morant. When they won the, when they won the, uh, when they, well, not, they didn't win the lottery. It feels like they won the lottery. Yeah. Um, because I, I just. If you watch that kid at Murray State, man, like you just knew, like he was so electrifying. You just knew that he was going to have a crazy overnight impact on the team that he joined up with. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, he's, I, I, even in August, I think, I, you know, you'd have said, oh, yeah, Ja's going to have a chance. Ja's going to have a chance to be MVP. And now it's like, damn near, he'd be favored to win an MVP award in the next five years. It's crazy. It's crazy the turnaround that's really has happened just this year. And so I think we're all kind of just kind of timid because we don't want to get too high. But man, these these Grizzlies are just kind of making us get that way. And I'm the guy who's doing that. No, it's like, you know what it is? I mean, this like, you know, I mean, this in a positive way, but it's like imposter syndrome. (laughs) Right. You know, it keeps going on. Yeah, we're not supposed to be here. We're not supposed yeah. to be like two seed in the West, you know? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, we're not supposed to be this. We're not supposed to be this successful, you know? We're, we never have. But, you know, I, I, I looked at Milwaukee last year, and I know Milwaukee's, you know, uh, a bigger market than Memphis, but they're comparable, you know? Right. They're, they're comparable in terms of their makeup. And it's like if they can do it, all they really did was they were able to keep their, their franchise guy Mm-hmm. And they made some good trades. Chris Middleton turned out to be, you know, a really good player. You know, they got Drew Holiday from New Orleans. So they they went out and they made some good deals. But the Grizzlies can do the same thing, you know. Yeah. The Grizzlies can build their team the same exact way Milwaukee built their championship team last year. Yeah, I agree. And and with the aging superstars that we're kind of seeing kind of being, you know, pushed out of the league a little bit, Yep. Uh, I think it's time and it's weird that we're here, but it is, it's time. But, 
But John, we uh, we can't thank you enough. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for doing this with us. Um, we uh, we try to have some good interviews, and we have not had you or Jason on. Jason's next. We, we're we're yeah, going after Jason. Love it, man. He's a great dude, and uh, you know I'm I'm uh, I'm privileged to work with him every day. I consider him a brother. It's important to like the person that you work with every day. I mean, that's just a that's a very basic thing. Um, but when you're working with somebody directly, like I work with Jason, like there's really no way it can work unless you have like, in, unless you're like friends. Yeah. That's, that's what I believe. Like Mike and Mike will tell you differently and they had a great run <laughs> and they, you know, they've lasted almost 20 years. Um, but I just, I think for us, especially at the local level, like you really got to be able to like eat dinner with them and, and hang out with them and, 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 you know, have a conversation off the air with, you know, so yeah, he's he's a great dude. I'm lucky to work with him every day. Yep, y'all are awesome, man. So make sure you go check out uh, just as always, eleven to two every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, go check out the Jason and John show. Thanks again, John. Yep, got it. You got it, man. Thanks. Thanks again to John. He was electric. He was so good, and I hope you really do enjoy just kind of his time that was on here because it really was an honest, open session with him. And I think that you can appreciate the honesty, as well as him becoming one of the stables of radio here in Memphis. And so that's not as important to some, but to me and the other people that have been around here, and as well as the old heads, Memphis radio was a thing to reckon with. And I think that we have some of the best radio teams that are around in the entire country. So make sure you go check them out. Make sure you check out this podcast and kind of share, rate, review uh, when you can. But that's all we have. Let's go ahead and get the dub in Boston. Be nice and tell your friends.